Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavors, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlists in the show notes. Welcome to episode 17. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Baby Queen. Baby Queen is the musical moniker of Bella Latham, a South African artist now based in London. She's released her debut EP last August, entitled Medicine, and has just released her new single, Raw Thoughts. In today's episode, we talk about starting a psychology podcast together, writing books about sadness, and what it's like for Courtney Love to slide into your DMs. Here we go. Our guest today usually goes under the name Bella Latham. She's a songwriter who is gathering praise from outlets such as NME, The New York Times, and the BBC. Her new single, Raw Thoughts, is out now. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Baby Queen. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you very much for, for joining us. I know it is um, it is extremely early in the UK. Yeah, I literally just got out of bed. I've got to be I've got to be honest. I've literally just woken up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, we very much appreciate you uh, getting up and speaking to us this early. Um, I wanted to start our conversation talking about your fans. I know that uh, you uh, have some very devoted fans in um, in what I believe you call the Baby Kingdom. Yes, the Baby Kingdom uh, is. Is yeah, it's it's our our sort of little collective, and um, it's sort of like a place where we can all exist, and um, and yeah, they're absolutely incredible. You recently had um, a very high profile guest join the Baby Kingdom uh, last month. Courtney Love uh, expressed her admiration <laughs> for um, post on Instagram. What was that like? What was waking up to see that on your phone? She did. Yeah, it was crazy. I was actually, um, I had just gotten out of a cab to my manager's house. Um, and I got a notification on my phone that Courtney Love has tagged you in something. And I was like, what? Um, and I walked inside, I was like, guys, have you seen this? Um, and it was, <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Cause it was just like, this really long post about if she went through every single song and like what she liked and didn't like about, about all the music. And I was like, this is the craziest thing. I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to get this whole post tattooed somewhere <laughs> on my body. This is amazing. Um, so yeah, it was mad. And we were like DMing. Um, so her and I have been like back and forth a bit, which is crazy. Like, Oh, Courtney loves in your DMs. I'm like, no, this is mad. <laughs> Do you uh, listen to Hole or much of any of her work when you were growing up or at all? 
You know what? I actually, I actually didn't, my parents, like if, if, uh, so obviously I sent you a playlist last time. My parents were really into like soul and funk. So that's like what I sort of listened to growing up. But, um, I actually rediscovered Hole later on, uh, when I started working at, at a record store here in London. Um, and I rediscovered, uh, their music and, I've always been obsessed with her as like a fashion, you know, as like an icon of like, she's just incredible. I reference her all the time in music videos and, and photo shoots and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was mad. My uncle is a, a huge music fanatic and he was, he was like, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, mad. I imagine it must be, um, very cool to have kind of such high, high profile guests, um, yeah, kind of latching on or, and, and appreciating your music. Yeah. You have only been releasing music for the past 12 months or so, um, but I know you've been been writing for a lot longer. The new single, Raw Thoughts, was originally written by you in, in 2018. So uh, what's it like now having written it around three years ago or so, but having the rest of the world catch up and, and listen to the song? It's definitely like a liberating feeling. I think... Um, in a sense, it feels as if you've come full circle from that place that you were in. And over the past few weeks, I've definitely had that sort of melancholic uh, feeling towards the, that that time of my life and thinking about, you know, where I was, where I was, what I was doing, what I was feeling. And just to see how far I've come since that low point is is pretty phenomenal. It's quite crazy because that being the first song that I ever wrote for Baby Queen has now been our biggest release. And a lot of people that in the industry that we played it for before that, they were like, this is your best work. You've hit your peak. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I've hit my peak. I hit my peak like three years ago and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was, it was definitely like a, a force of nature sort of song that I don't think I'll ever, you know, write something like that again, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the song you wrote after, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. You wrote after a big night out and kind of coming down a little bit and, and putting those kind of obscure thoughts into a song. What drove you to, to put music to it? I guess a lot of people have, weird thoughts when they are in that situation what stood out to you to be like let's let's put music to it well I think it was like the first time that I'd gotten really really no that's not true but it, it was definitely the most messed up that I'd gotten since this breakup I was actually sitting in this exact place that I'm sitting right now uh um on this table that my laptop is on right now and I was sitting here and it's crazy because now when I get really drunk like the lot like when I'm super hungover the last thing I want to do is write a song like I go straight to bed order delivery do you know what I mean <laughs> but I think I don't know what it was like I just felt um I felt like I had to make something good out of that experience because I think I felt guilty to a certain degree for um, sending it so hard <laughs> and I felt bad and I felt like a bad person, which I, I, I often had that like feeling of just being a bad person. If I went, went out and 
got really messed up. Um, but yeah, so I think I just, I just, I just, it was almost like a word vomit. I always describe it like that because those lyrics for the verse just came out. Like it's, you know, I often spend hours and hours cracking away or like literally smashing my head against the wall, trying to make a song. And this one just came out. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. Was there much left, um, in, I guess, in terms of, uh, yeah, I guess like coming down or having a big night out thoughts in, in those moments can be quite prolific. And then in the next morning, it's, um, it's like a complete maze in terms of what was the draft to the finished product was most of the song kind of finished as it came out. Uh, no. So basically I, I'll, I'll post it one day somewhere, but the demo that I made of this song is very different to what it ultimately ended up becoming. It's, um, it's got this like really high arpeggiator sound that goes, it was like, it was not, um, (laughs) it was not what it is. I think my producer basically stepped in and sort of salvaged it from, you know, where it was and, and what it was, which was kind of like a bit of a cacophony of sound. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, it's definitely been a long journey getting that song to a place where everyone was listening to it going, wow, this is, you know, this is really incredible. And, And it was actually only when the song came back from the process of being mixed that everyone sort of listened to that and was like, okay, we're going out with this song. This is the first song of 2021. How often do you find like that when you start a song or when you've completed a song for yourself, that it changes in those processes um, from draft to recording to meeting with a producer? And I guess, yeah, from how many stages does it usually go? Yeah. So there's actually, there's actually, there's, there's a, there's a huge process that obviously happens and it's almost like sometimes you listen to a song, what a song has become and you're like, I can't even charter that unknown land between what the song is and what the song was, you know, because there's so much that happens, you know, from me specifically, I am like a lyric fanatic. And so I will sit and rewrite and read over it and I'll get up, listen to it, go on a walk, come back. It doesn't sound good enough. The lyric isn't strong enough. So I personally will rework a song very many times. And then I'll usually have a demo. And then it's taken into the studio to my producer, King Ed, who will then recreate all the sounds that I've created because I'm not really a producer. In fact, I'm not a producer at all. I'm I'm like a really <laughs> like, for a long time, I was just working on GarageBand, which comes for free on your MacBook. Um, on like a USB plug-in gaming microphone. Um, so, so yeah, I've, st- I've started to get better, but I think, I think um, you know, there's just so much that happens. By the time a song comes back from being mixed and mastered, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a totally different, you know, well, I suppose the process of production, uh, mixing and mastering really brings a song to life, you know, Um yeah. So, so it's, it's always, it's always a shock how much a song changes. You, you almost forget what the demo sounded like. Yeah. 
Um, you mentioned just before that you're a lyrical fanatic. Your lyrics themselves have become um, quite well known and receiving a bit of praise for the the honesty that kind of comes across and the, um, I guess, almost like a, a bit of a grittiness to it, if you will. Um, for yourself, how important is it to be honest in your songwriting and, and getting across what you actually like actually really feel? I think, you know, I, a lot of people will ask me, have you, do you feel nervous being that honest? Do you have reservations being that honest? And it's never something that's come into my mind of thinking I'm, I'm scared to, it's just not, it's, it, for me, it's just what I do. And I think, um, I often say when I actually wrote Raw Thoughts, which as I said, was the first song that became a Baby Queen song, I discovered this sort of satirical, cynical, um, very, very like negative, jarred voice, you know, inside of me um, that I began using. Um, and then I wrote Buzzkill a few months later. And it, that's it clicked in my mind of like, this is what's really working. Like, this is what's connecting. The more honest I'm pushing this, the better, you know, people in my team and people in my family are reacting to what I'm doing. And the more I feel like it's something that no one else is doing. And so I pushed that because that was what I I knew I'd landed on something. And I was like, I need to this is this honesty thing. This is where it's at. Like this is, this is where it's happening. Um, so it's incredibly important. I think, I think that a lot of what I base the sort of philosophy of the baby kingdom on is, you know, I want other people to feel less alone when they listen to my music because I can mirror what they're actually thinking, not what they're thinking on the surface and what they, you know, a pop song is like, for a long time, pop music was just regurgitating other pop music, saying what you thought pop music should say instead of what people are actually thinking, um, which, you know, people are thinking complex, difficult, you know, people are thinking what I'm saying basically, but no one else is saying it. So <laughs> it is, um, some of your lyrics are, they're, they're quite, um, intricate and, and detailed. It's not, with no, not disparaging like your top 40 radio songs, there's no like repetitiveness. It is quite um, like almost more prose than it is like catchy, uh, like top 40 EDM or something like that. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's like, a, I, I think I, it's more like poetry you know, in, in its structure and like, it's more, it's more like very contemporary poetry when I write it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm that obsessive over every single line having a purpose, you know what I mean? So it's, um, so yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. In terms of poetry, I did read very recently that you're writing a book on sadness. Is that correct? Yes. I am it's the lamest thing ever like I'm literally like oh what's your book about sadness yeah it's just about (laughs) sadness (laughs) with that and I think it kind of ties into the the lyrical content of your songs do you think that this maybe not fascination but um 
addressing sadness is kind of this similar thing where um, it's a people look at it as a as a bad thing, but it's good to actually address some of those topics that people feel underneath the surface, not just on a surface level. I think that for me, it was sort of essential to being to to be to being able to keep going. I was so sad <laughs> for so long. Um, and, you know, I have depression, so it's something that I, I sort of vacillate in and out of. You know, you can have like a depressive episode and be sad again. But I think that where cre- starting to create this book came out of and a lot of what I sort of explored in my writing, which, which obviously bled into my music, um, is trying to understand, that's what this book is, it's basically trying to understand why I am just sad because I have an older sister who, for example, her most listened to song in 2019 was like Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. And mine was I See a Darkness by Bonnie Prince Billy. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, why why, why am I like this, you know? Um, Very different and I, songs. For a long time, I thought, yeah, I thought like, you know, am I, am I, am I sad because I'm like too clever? And then I was like wanting to tell myself that I was too clever, but it's not true. Like, like intelligence doesn't mean that you are sad. So, you know, anyway, it's so fascinating, like uh, reading into it and learning more about, you know, psychology. I find psychology fascinating. So I could go on for, but I feel like this is not a psychology. (laughs) We experienced just a minor bit of technical difficulties in today's podcast, with the rest of that answer being cut off. Bella and I were able to find out where the audio had stopped, and we started the conversation again. As we were just saying, yeah, if we do have a psychology podcast, we'll get you back for for that. Thank uh, for you one so of those much. I'm, awa- I'm anxiously awaiting that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for yourself, you've been writing songs for a while, but you uh, were signed in 2020, which is a kind of a hell of a year to be signed to a label and and start coming out as an artist. Um, What did you find the experience like in terms of, I guess, from working on music for years and, you know, it's always the dream to get signed, go on tour, do those kind of things. What was your experience like in 2020 when a lot of those were by Zoom and there's no touring and, I guess, um, yeah, what was what was that kind of like? It was... Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was strange, but at the same time, it's the only experience that I've had of it. So it's not like I'd had something to compare it to or like I'd been signed for a year before that and then I had this new ex- like this has been my experience like my experience of being a signed musician has been being a signed musician in coronavirus times uh so yeah. I mean like I signed my record deal over zoom with like 50 people um <laughs> and the contract I was like in my family's house <laughs> at the kitchen table. So, you know, and then every single, the first music video was shot in my flat. <laughs> and, um, and you know, the first time I actually came out of lockdown, we were shooting the second music video and I came onto this massive set and I had no idea what it was like to be signed to a major label. You know, I had no idea. Like, I, you know, I had no idea that I would get to the set and they would be like can I get you anything to drink? Like, do you want, like, <laughs> baby queen wants a cigarette, baby. And I was like, what is happening? This is insane. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely been, um, as I said, it's it's my only experience of it. So, I mean, I had, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's horrible to say, but I had an amazing 2020 um, in, in the depth of all this horrible stuff that's happening in the world. Um, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. I think that what's going to be really strange is when lockdown finally ends and I actually have to play a gig, that's going to be weird (laughs) (laughs) because the show is going to be so big because I would have played all these little shows leading up to that point. And suddenly I'm going to walk out on this like really big stage and that's going to be really strange. We've um, we've found that a few acts that we've spoken to that uh, have have yeah begun their journey in 2020. It is a thing where the usual like the rite of passage is that you you play small clubs and work your way up. But um, for yourself, who's garnered so much attention, yeah, it's kind of you get to skip that that step and kind of play the bigger rooms and and go on bigger tours. Is that um, uh, along with that, and then some of the press you've been getting from publications like uh radio one nme new york times how do you feel about being able to kind of skyrocket so quickly um you know i i'm so impatient with the process that i sometimes feel like although it is happening quickly i just want it to happen quicker um so there's definitely, yeah, do you know what I mean? And, and like, there's definitely this feeling of, um, of, you know, it's quite surreal. Like even just having this piece in Billboard magazine the other day, that was, you know, crazy because it's, it's stuff that I've read for ages and suddenly I'm on that level. And I do think it, it has been, you know, a quick jump to that place, but at the same time, I'm like, why am I not on the cover of Billboard? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm ready for my cover shot. <laughs> so, so it's never really enough, you know. It's never really happening quick enough. I I like that mindset, though, of that in terms of, um, 
you've always got those things to strive towards and pushing you until, um, yeah, you are on the cover of, of Billboard and Enemy and, and everything else. Yeah, exactly. It's it's this, um, I've got this really sort of obsessively ambitious mindset um, and I'm actually writing a song at the moment for the record that's, co- uh, that's called Never Enough and it's basically um, the pre-chorus goes, I got everything I wanted, now I want more of it. It's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> because it is never enough, man. It's never enough. Like we're never satisfied as people. Think that like as soon as we get one thing that we want, we're like, cool. Uh, I, you know, that feels normal to me. It no longer feels like this big dream because you've done every step uh, in order to get that thing. And it just feels like the next obvious step. Um yeah. Yeah. We're back in psychology world. Yeah. Now, How do I? <laughs> <laughs> I know we did. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about your uh, virtual tour with Youngblood because although not out on the road, you did get to play some shows with um, with Dom. What was that like? And I know you also did have him on the Baby Queen show, but we'll we'll come back to that in a second. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing, man. I th- I think. Um, it was weird filming those shows because it was sort of a hybrid between shooting a music video and playing a live show. Cause obviously you don't have an audience and then you have all the production team, the lights, and it does feel like a music video, but you actually have to sing as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was incredible. I think that the feeling when those shows finally aired um, and people were watching that. I actually had, I actually was, I actually felt like I'd just gotten off stage. I had that adrenaline rush and it was like, I couldn't like, I was in my family's kitchen and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't, like, I need to lie down on the floor. I was like in the fetal <laughs> position on the floor because I just, like, I was like, I don't know what to do with all this energy. Um, but yeah, so it was, um, it was a pretty phenomenal experience actually probably the only time that you'll be able to watch yourself on stage <laughs> when yeah, you're actually true. on very stage, true. you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you did have Dom on the, um, the baby queen show on YouTube, I guess, was that born out of wanting to continue to create while in lockdown and being unable to kind of to play shows? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think basically, you know, we, we, we've continued sort of making that show, I think, because the, the fans of, you know, the, the baby kingdom, they, you know, they really love it when something like that comes out and it just brings them happiness. And I think it brings us happiness to be creative and, and make stuff. And, you know, I really like to perform and do the whole, hello, it's me. (laughs) So, you know, that was really nice. And having Dom on, I just seen him, a few days prior to that, because um, we did like a double cover of of Dork magazine, um, and I and I just seen him as I was leaving my shoot for it. So yeah, we could, didn't get to speak for long, so it was nice to jump on the phone and um, and just have a little chat because I I met him like ages ago, like before I was Baby Queen. I I you know ended up on a night out with him in Camden. Um, very drunken night out. So it's, it's weird to like, 
oh hi baby queen but like do you know what I mean like he never we never met like when I was baby <laughs> queen so it's yeah it's weird it's it's sort of like yeah I'm still trying to deal with this identity crisis of Bella versus baby queen I don't know who I am <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that will um continue as your career kind of continues to to change and, and grow um yeah. Bella are you, are you happy to talk about the playlist you sent through A hundred percent. Let's get into it. I was very impressed. It's um, it's quite an eclectic mix, and it it kind of looks as though it might be a combination of of both your parents' record collection and and your record collection. Would I be right? Yeah, it's basically my dad's music. And then what I sort of began to discover, it's very different as well. Like, you know, I, I sort of like was like, okay, I, I'm going to listen to something different. I'm going to listen to like more emotional. If you, if you look at like everything that my dad listened to, it was very soul and funk and very sort of, you know, I don't know, like loads of freaking sister sledge and um you know (laughs) blues and jazz and there isn't much although it's very emotive music there isn't much like pain and yearning and all the sort of darker stuff you know more emotional in the heart stuff that I wasn't hearing that and so I sort of went on a tangent like I'm going to listen to the most emo (laughs) lyrics ever (laughs) because you're not feeding it to me (laughs) There are some, I guess, uh, some songs on here as well that do fit into that, well, as you said, the emo vibe. There's um, some 1975 and some St. Vincent. Do you think that, like, have you tried to take that music back to your your parents or to your dad and then, like, tried to show him the the balance, I guess? Yeah, he, um, so he, he never caught my mum, uh, became a big 1975 fan because I'd put the music on in the car and be like, listen, mom, just listen, just listen, listen to these lyrics. And then I'd get on Google. I'm going to read them out to you. Pause the music, read the lyrics word for word. My mom got really into the <laughs> 1975 and my dad never quite caught on, but he did like, uh, I was listening to a lot of Tame and Parlor at one point and I took that home and he was like, I love Tame and Parlor. So I made him a mix of like... <laughs> Loads of Tame Impala music. And that was about it. Um, yeah, I'm constantly like trying to find an artist that that can actually bridge the gap between me and my dad. And it's really difficult. Like, it's really hard. <laughs> I do love, like, don't get me wrong. I, I like Tame Impala, but they are, they are like a dad rock band. Um, at this point, <laughs> yeah. dad's, they can my dad connect. was like, Tame Impala, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wanted to discuss Taylor Swift as well because you do have a few Swifty songs on here. Um, and I, I, where did I read? I read somewhere that I believe Love Story is your go-to karaoke song. It is. That is true. It does have a, um, it is a very, very impressive key change in that song. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a reason why. What is it about Taylor's um, songwriting or Taylor's music that you, that you enjoy? I think... Um, Love Story was the first Taylor Swift song that I heard. I I came home from school one day and the music video was playing on the television in my living room. And I was like, what is this? What is going on here? Like, who is this? 
and she was sort of, you know, 19 and, oh, sorry, someone's just texting me. (laughs) She was 19 and singing the song. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And um, I very quickly got very obsessed with her because she was this young girl that was sitting in her bedroom writing songs on a guitar and all of a sudden playing in front of these massive crowds of people. And I looked at her and I thought, I can do this, you know? And I think what it was with her lyric is that it was just, I mean, she she taught me how to structure a song. She taught me how to develop a narrative, how to tell a story. Um, there's no one that can teach you how to write better than a country, an artist that comes out of country music because country music is in the simplest form, the best storytelling in the world. Um, 100% agreed. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I, I just think I, she was, it was the same thing as like, I always say that I want to do with my music in a different way, in a different lane, because I fell off the wagon a little bit and I'm a bit darker, but a bit more of a darker <laughs> person than Taylor Swift. But, you know, she she was saying things that I was thinking and feeling in my brain that I, you know, I heard it and I was like, oh my God, that's how I feel. That is how I feel. Um, and our, our, the things we write about are very different. She, she sings a lot about, you know, love and like, and mostly about love and I sing mostly about wanting to not be alive, but you know, <laughs> it's like there very is, um, two different lanes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bella, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it has been absolutely lovely chatting with you. So, so thank you so much for for being on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I literally feel like I could sit here and talk to you all afternoon, but <laughs> but I'll be back. I'll be back on the psychology podcast. Let's go. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. And that's our show. Thank you again to Baby Queen, aka Bella. Her latest single, Raw Thoughts, is out now. We've included a link to the Baby Queen show on YouTube, along with her Spotify, in today's show notes. We also want to give a quick shout out to Kaylee at Bossy Music for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Bella's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.